0: It's Tuesday, August 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Deep Value, Ron Gross. Thanks hey, for being man. here. My pleasure. Always hey. fun. In keeping with, I think every time I've asked you to be on Market Foolery this year, I asked you with a about uh, 45 minutes before. It's Like, hey,
1: in 45 minutes? <laughs> that's you- how good I am. That's, that's, I can just pop right in. And that's how bad I am <laughs> at
0: planning. No, but it's always fun. Uh, we're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to talk uh, about a new report out on the restaurant industry. But we have to start. We have to start with Best Buy. Holy cow! Do, do we
1: have to? Because I, I I messed this one up so bad. <laughs> uh, you know what? You're
0: not alone in that. We'll yeah. we'll get to that okay. in a second. But. Second quarter profits for Best Buy come in much higher, much higher than ever, anyone was expecting. And the stock is up 19% and Oof. it's hitting a
1: 52-week high. 27% up year-to-date, that stock. A company I probably said more than once, I'm not sure that we really need that company anymore. Other, you know, other analysts have sat in that chair and said basically the same thing. You know, We can get to the numbers, but I think it's important. It's almost a lesson. Um, don't think your experience extrapolates to everybody else's experience. And I think that's a good analytical um, lesson to learn. Um, just because you don't like a particular restaurant doesn't mean other people don't like that restaurant. Um, and so, you have to think outside of yourself sometimes. So, specific to, to this announcement here, comp sales were actually up a bit, right? Um, stores open more than a year. That was kind of the big headline number. People were expecting them to be down. We've seen some other reports from some other companies recently that were weak, um, so that took everyone really by surprise and, and was shocking. Overall revenue also up, up. I mean, really flat, but up slightly. Um, much better than expected. And and the big number here is that online sales number, which is. Okay, right. This is the company that competes against Amazon, right? Um, up 24% online sales. Really, really strong. M- more visits to the website, and also the average order size was up as well. You know, things you. Love to see because it kind of exacerbates it. It it goes exponentially then. So, really getting it done. um, Their online sales now as a percent of revenue is is over 10%, over 10.5%, where it was just 8.5% a year ago. So, this company is doing something right. Um, I still say that what they're doing right is not in the stores because I think that's a miserable shopping experience um, but people are going and buying stuff online um, and it's not Amazon isn't the only game in town
0: um, I want to get to the online in a second in terms of the expectation the profit number just blew away yeah what was expected some of the others though I'm, I'm wondering how much of what we're seeing today is, Low expectation, like going over a low bar, because in terms of the same store sales, what was expected was a decline of about half a percent. It was up. I think zero point eight percent. So in in real numbers, that's not that's not a, a huge amount. It's certainly not as big a beat as we saw on the profit side of things. True. So I'm wondering how much of this is just like, well, it's Best Buy. We're not expecting that much.
1: That's right. So as we always say, in the short term, uh, stocks trade based on expectations. In the long term, you've got to have a vibrant business that continues to put up good numbers, good cash flow, and good growth to support a price. Um, and this stock was kind of you know really beaten down. So all you really have to do is beat expectations to see a nice pop in the stock. Even over the last five years, the stock is up about 60%. So you're making money, but that's that that pales in comparison to 95% for the S&P. So this is great that they had positive comp sales, but I mean, barely positive. They eked it out. They need to continue this trend, continue to increase sales. Wearables was a really strong. Um, Category for them. We're going to have to see what happens with that market. I think there's a lot of questions about where the wearable market goes from here. Mobile phones and gaming continue to be weak for them, but uh, televisions actually and appliances both were good as well. So they're not just seeing one or two things. Is there's some strength. There's pockets of strength, um, but the momentum will have to continue. They did increase guidance, and it's still only trading at four times EBITDA. So if again, it's still even with this pop. Pretty cheap. It's still if, a cheap stock. Well, cheap is in the IRB the holder, right? It's cheap if they continue to execute. If they go the other way, then it's a value trap, not a value investment.
0: It's pretty interesting. There's a, a while back, Fortune Magazine had an article. Um, uh, Hubert Jolie is the is the CEO um, that came over a, a few years ago. Um, but this was about um, not just Jolie, but re- really more about the management team that he has built around him. And it's a um, you know Sharon McCollum, who came over from William Sonoma, uh, William Sonoma yeah. as the CFO, um, uh, and uh, we were talking about e-commerce before. Uh, Mary Lou Kelly uh, is the woman who heads up their e-commerce operations. It's just a nice reminder that, yep, the CEO gets the corner office and they deserve the credit and the blame for when things go well and when things don't go well. But you know, show me the CEO who. Who is a great success that doesn't have
1: strong operators around him or her? Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously uh, essential, and especially in a turnaround situation, you know, identifying the problem is one thing. Then putting in, you know, people and processes, and and the, you know where we go from here is another thing. And then executing, um, not easy to do. And restructurings are tough. Best Buy for today, we're going to say, all right, let's. Nice job. Let's see what you got though going forward. I,
0: I don't own the stock. I'm, I'm, I am i i do not know. I, 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 find myself rooting for them. You, oh, well, in, so in, in part so because, nice of of, in part because of the valuation that you mentioned. Yeah. The, the fact that it's like, yeah, this stock's up almost twenty percent today, and it's still really cheap. And if they can, if they can deliver. Also, you, you have to believe.
1: Isn't a little bit of this people covering their shorts? It could be. I, I have. I actually yeah. didn't look at the short interest, but I would imagine it was. It was Pretty substantial. So, yeah, people, people run to cover and that pops the stock as well.
0: Uh, before we dip in the mailbag, uh, a note out from a firm I've never heard of before, Canaccord Genuity, about uh, the restaurant industry and generally a cautious report on the industry writ large, but, but singling out four restaurants uh, as a buy based on a, a variety of factors. And, and here's what caught my eye. The four restaurants in question Panera Bread, Sonic, Darden Restaurants, mm-hmm. parent company of Steve Rogers' beloved Olive um, and Dave and Buster's, mm-hmm. and and saying, look, because of the potential they have for market share gains, because of their potential in attracting millennials, uh, the reasonable valuation of these stocks, we we look at these four stocks. What caught, again? What caught my eye was Dave and Buster's because I look at that as a, a company that for all of the reasons you would find that business attractive, it also strikes me as one that, if there's going to be an economic downturn in North America, that seems like the first one to go.
1: Yeah, because it's it's an entertainment company. You you go for the burger, you stay for the skee-ball. But the good thing about that business is um, that those skee-balls, those games, which when my kids were little, uh, they couldn't get enough of it, but there's also a very vibrant bar business. So, the bar plus the games are extremely high margin. um, And that's where that business model gets interesting. Yes, you are correct that a lot of that can can get hit um, in an economic downturn, but for now, with unemployment relatively low and the stock market at an all-time high, and you know, uh, I, I, I could see why they would include that.
0: Our email address is marketfoolery at fool Question from Rick Gunderman in Wisconsin: I'm interested in how you value research and development. Obviously, price to earnings is one of the first things we look at when checking out a stock, but all things, especially the P/E ratio, being equal wouldn't you want to buy a stock that spends more on R&D? While R&D is expensed, to me, it seems like an investment."
1: Okay. Ready? <laughs> Buckle up. Okay. <laughs> so, if a company is investing in R&D and they're producing returns as a result that are in excess of the company's cost of capital, then that's that's a good use of, of money. And theoretically, a company, every time they decide to take on an R&D project, they're measuring what they think the cash flows will come back to them as a result of spending that money and they either it's a go or a no-go decision each time and hopefully they're making the right decisions if not then there's nothing i can do but the good thing is that you expense R&D that lowers your pre-tax income and therefore that lowers the amount of tax you have to pay it's tax deductible in a sense okay, okay. so that's a good thing on the on the other side of it though it It is an expense, and it does lower your earnings, so that affects your price-to-earnings ratio. and and Just like any expense that is either elevated or growing, it can affect both earnings and, therefore, these ratios that we use um, to look at valuation. And you have to know that as an analyst or as an investor. You have to understand the expense structure of a company and why earnings are what they are. And is this the type of company whose R&D is going to continue for years and years and years to come at a very high level? Or are they going to be able to kind of turn that off at some point and all of a sudden you're going to get a pop in earnings? You kind of need to understand that. One thing I would suggest, if you're the kind of investor that is constantly looking at companies with high R and D, is to look at a ratio called the price to innovation adjusted earnings ratio. Oh my God! Are you very kidding simple. Me? Very one, simple. One more time. Price to innovation-adjusted earnings. And all that means is add back R&D to the earnings and recalculate the price-to-earnings ratio that way. And do that across companies that you're looking at, so you can make make comparisons. Another um, ratio you could look at, again, to make comparisons across companies is price to R&D, to get a sense of how much money a company is spending relative to other companies in that industry. And you can then make a determination, is it high, is it low, is it good, is it bad? So, there's ways to adjust for it. But spending in R&D is a great thing if that money is being put to good use and the company is putting up growth rates, again, uh, where the returns are in excess of the company's cost of capital.
0: Is this an area where, uh, when you're looking at a business and their R&D spending, does track record matter? Do you do like in your, and if you I don't know if you have an example handy from the last 10, 20 years of your investing life, but it seems like the sort of thing, just like we talk about where you know, one of the reasons I like this CEO is um, uh, this person really knows how to allocate capital. Mm-hmm. They have a great track record on stock buybacks. Right. I'm assuming this is the same sort of thing where it's like, hey, look, Yeah, they're spending a lot of money on R on R and D, but their track record is amazing, and so I'm I'm okay with seeing this number go up over time.
1: You're exactly right. It is the same thing. It's a capital allocation decision, and a good CEO will know whether to use the capital for R and D, to buy back stock, to pay a dividend, um, what have you. And track record does matter. If you're an Early stage innovative company, you probably don't have history to look back on. But um, if you're Apple, you you can look back on. If it's a biotech that's been around for a while, you you have something to look back on uh, um, onto and compare. Um, and you know, the different industries are different. Consumer electronics is way different than biotech, obviously. Um, and and you have to become a little bit a student a student of the industry to understand you know the proper levels of R and D, and then you can dig in and again look at rates of return and cost of capital. Things like that to see if the if that CEO is a strong capital allocator.
0: Last week, when David Kretzman and Aaron Bush were here, we closed out the episode uh, talking about snacks, mm. and uh, uh, I asked them each for a healthy snack. And as I mentioned on yesterday's episode, Aaron Bush, um, his, his as a self confessed carnivore, he said, ah, just just wrap some lettuce around <laughs> around whatever meat you're eating, and uh, and <laughs> that'll work." Uh, David Kretzman, a much Healthier eater, uh, and I think Aaron would admit that as well. D- David suggested blue corn chips because he's he likes the uh, we were hmm. we were talking about Hain Celestial and they make the the good eaten brand right, and, right. and that kind of thing. Got an email from Doctor Clifford Rhodes, longtime listener in Maui, Hawaii. <laughs> Who writes, blue corn chips are very slightly better for you than regular (laughs) corn chips, but But they're blue. But they're still junk food, highly processed carbohydrates with lots of refined products and usually fried. No way they would be considered healthy. You want a healthy snack, eat nuts dry roasted peanuts or Costco mixed nuts is what I eat any other nut pistachio macadamia etc they're all good if you uh, also if you like it sweeter throw a couple of raisins
1: into the bowl wow I go to popcorn whole grain popcorn baby whole <laughs> whole corn it's a whole grain popcorn okay. don't put the butter on it don't slather it with caramel just Plain old popcorn, See, a I was, bit of salt.
0: I was going to take the good doctor's recommendation, because uh, I do like a little sweeter, throwing some raisins, but then, because I like it even sweeter, some, some M&Ms. <laughs> well, and then there you go! Well, there you go, trail mix! That's how we get trail mix. <laughs> Alright, Ron Gross, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Pool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fuller. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill, thanks for listening.